great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of 2018. This week I have a, I'm very excited about this guest. It's a 2017 WWE Hall of Famer, three-time heavyweight champion, DDP. Dallas, what's going on? Changing the world, baby. The, 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 the word for this year, 2018, is unstoppable. That's the, that's the key word this year. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you've been... Uh, after wrestling, I mean, you've been busy with a lot of things. Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, this year, in uh, 2018, I, I've, I've written a book. It's called Own Your Life. And the Hearst Publication Company, like, they gave me advances on it. And uh, they loved the whole concept of owning your life. Uh, the book's it, um, it drops uh, SummerSlam weekend. And... Um, it's going to be on pre-sale pretty soon, but uh, on Amazon. But own your life: the art of being positively unstoppable. That's uh, that's why unstoppable is the uh, the word this year. Yeah. Is it um is it about like the the DDP yoga or is it like a little bit of everything? Well, you know, it's really about everything, and, and you know, the you know, so many people, you know, uh, who do my program, you know, they they're constantly saying how I change your life, but even more powerful, you know, some people are saying like save their life. Uh, you know, before it gets to that, I like to focus people on owning their life. And what that directly means, you know, owning it, it doesn't matter what it is from, you know, more than anything, it comes down to your state of mind. Like, you know, I've learned that you literally can change, you know, everything in an instant. You can change your entire state, the way you think in an instant. And some people are like, that's crazy. You can't do that. So I'll give them an example. You know, like, say you're like super pissed off, you know, and this the day really sucks. And you remember those publisher clearinghouse uh, oh, yeah. sweepstakes. They, they come and they film giving somebody like $100,000 or quarter of a million dollars. Well, if you're that person who's super pissed off, you open the door like it's the last thing in the world you want to do and someone's got a check for you for 250 grand, your state will change in an instant. Oh, yeah. You will go from being the most pissed off person to being the happiest person alive you most likely won't even remember why you're mad, you know, because your your whole state has shifted. Well, it doesn't have to be about money. It can just be about life in general. And, you know, understanding that sometimes the worst thing that ever happens to you, like you lost your job, could be the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. You know, it's it's all your state of mind. My biggest, probably my one of my roughest moments was when I was wrestling. You know, I'd gotten to the top of the world. I was in one main event after the other. I was living the dream at a whole different level. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. And then I blew my back out. Essentially, I broke my back in layman's terms. Three different spine specialists told me I was never going to wrestle again. 
Now, if you don't think that was one of the worst moments in my life, but, you know, guys like myself, The Rock, um, Obama, Trump, there's two completely different worlds there, right? But they all have the same mindset. They all go down. Everyone goes down. The key is the top performers in the world, they don't stay there. They get out of it. Okay, boom. This sucks. This is brutal. Okay, what what have I learned from this? How do I get myself out of this? You start by your mindset. And what turned out, you know, to be the worst, it looked like it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, blowing my back out, turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Because out of that, I figured out a way to heal my body and share it with so many people that not only helps them, you know, change their life, but helps them own their lives. And it's physically, mentally, it's like, it's, it's so many different things. And all of these things I talk about in the book, Own Your Life, and it sort of teaches you a lot of the principles that I've used in my life. The opening paragraph to Own Your Life will say, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? That's a pretty heavy line, you know, like, no, no, but, but of course I'm, I can't do that. You know, and, and so many times I take you into things that I've learned. Like I, I, I I constantly repeat, if you say you can, or you say you can't, you're right. Do you know who said that originally? I do not. Henry Ford. And then I always say, but what the hell did he ever do? (laughs) It's like, it's all mindset, man. Yeah. Everything that happens in our lives, every dream I've ever lived, and I've lived every single dream I've ever had. Now, has it been exactly the way I pictured it? No, not really. Has it been a little to the left or a little to the right or a little underneath? Yeah, a lot of times. And a lot of times, I went so far past it, I flew so far beyond it. You know, I'm looking at my Hall of Fame ring, my WWE Hall of Fame ring, and I wear it every day. Because it reminds me of what everyone would say was impossible. You know, when when you start wrestling at 35 and a half years old, 35 and a half. Yeah. My career did not take off until I was 40, you know? So anything's possible. How did you get into uh, professional wrestling? Well, I tried when I was 22 and it didn't work out for me. And then I came back in at 31 and I, I was running nightclubs at the time. And I, and I made a videotape because I thought I was too old to be a wrestler. So I made a videotape of me as a manager, like a guy who speaks for the wrestlers. Cause yeah. there's a lot of great wrestlers that have come through the ages but not all of them can talk. Like, it's really hard to, you know, figure out what voice you use when you talk. Most people, that's like this Thursday night, me and you. They try to act like big tough guys. Big tough guys don't get over. The people who get over are the people that you care about, like Ric Flair, Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Kevin Nash, you know, all of those guys 
that you saw on TV are all just themselves amped to the 10th degree. And when you figure that out, that it's all about being yourself, that's how you get people to care. And, you know, you, you think learning the moves in professional wrestling is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Then you realize you get out in front of a crowd of, you know, 100 people, or I've been in front of 100,000 people. Like, how do you get them to care? That's the hard part. And, you know, for me, it was just about, because no one ever believed in me. When I told my buddies, uh, the Freebirds, Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin, I was managing them at the time in WCW. I told them they won't let me manage guys anymore because between my look and the hair and the dio, the bling and and the rap and the diamond balls, like no one was paying attention to the wrestlers. I was taking too much of the attention. In other words, yeah. Elias, yeah. I was too over the top of professional wrestling as a manager. Um, and I, 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 I had seven months left in my contract. And I said, you know what? Screw this. I never got into this business because I wanted to be a manager or a color commentator. I got into the business as a dream wanting to be a wrestler since I was a little kid. And so at 35 and a half, you know, I had seven months left of my deal. I just went down to the power plant and I started training every day. And everybody laughed at me. Nobody believed in me. And what I learned is there's only one person that needs to believe in you. You. That's it. And if you really, again, that story you tell yourself, you know, it's all about owning your life. It's like, don't let other people tell you what you can or can't do. You know, one of the biggest things about DDP yoga and what we do, we are, you know, our mission statement is all about helping people to push themselves beyond traditional limits and to find inspiration in adversity and to become the most trusted fitness company on the planet. And we do that by, you know, helping one person after another reach their goals. And, you know, you, you can't, you can't fake, you know, all the people on the internet talking about the program. You can't fake that. Yeah. You can get a couple of people to write in and stuff, but you can't get tens of thousands of people, you know, to write in and not find anything negative on the internet. Like, people will go looking for negative. Let me look for some negative. I challenge you. Go look. Yeah. You know, go try and find something negative about what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I, be- I believe it. you. Like I told you uh, before we got off, before we went on the air that, you know, a few years ago, somebody let me borrow the DVDs, and I, you know, I was overweight, and I wanted to lose weight, and I did the program, and I lost, like, 40-plus pounds. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now, where are you at now? Um, when I was doing it, it was, um, while my wife was pregnant and everything. And, uh, I got a little injured after, uh, right before my daughter was born and I had to stop and, you know, having a newborn. Well, I, I know you didn't get injured with my stuff. You got no, injured doing something else. No, Cause I, I was, I was playing. I was, I was, the funny thing is like, I was doing your program. I would get out of work, go do your program. Then I would go play basketball after that, or, you know, go for a run and 
or even go to the gym right after that too. Just uh, you know, I was I was mixing everything, and sure, I don't know what sure. I did. I don't know what I did to my shoulder, and I injured it, so I had to stop with everything for a little while. And then my daughter was born, I fell off track. So, but when I was doing the program, I was down to. I started around 242, 243, and I dropped down to 192, and I felt great. That's awesome. And so now I'm at 212. We're here again. You're at 212. Hey, at least you're not 243, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and there's some people that I deal with would kill for 243, you yeah. know, because, yeah. because, you know, today, you know, if you go back, and, and you're, you're old enough to, to remember this, Back when the refrigerator Perry, oh, yeah. you know, for the Chicago Bears, when when they talk about him, they'd be like, he's over three hundred pounds. Like that was an anomaly back then. Yeah. There wasn't well many guys in the NFL that were over three hundred pounds. Today, high school linemen are over three hundred pounds. I agree. I mean. It's insane what's happened, and so much of it has to do with the food. Like, our country, and I love our country, but it's all about the money and who can pay the most money to screw the most people. (laughs) Because our food is so effed up that it's reasons why in the last, you know, since it's become genetically modified, the food, you know, and I talk about that in Own Your Life, too. I talk about how... You know, the food has become genetically modified, meaning that GMOs, and everyone's starting to hear GMO now. They don't really know what it means, but at least it's out there. Um, like, they don't realize that they completely changed the food that God created and genetically changed it in a lab to be something that's not real food. And if you really look at the numbers in the last you know, it's been since 1996, about 22 years. If you look at the numbers of obesity in our country, they are through the roof. You used to not be able to find a 300-pound guy once in a blue moon. Now they're everywhere. Actually, 400-pound men are everywhere. Yeah. Back 20 years ago, you never found a woman who was over 240 pounds. Yeah. It was very, very rare. Now 300-pound women are everywhere you know heart disease cancer diabetes autism i mean i didn't even know what autism was 30 years ago i never heard of it now one in every 134 kids is born somewhere on the spectrum of autism they say and this is the really scary part by 2030 which is only 13, 12 more years, they say one in every 64 kids will be born with some stage of autism. Wow. Why? Why? How? Yeah. (laughs) You know, so people, you need to educate yourself. I'll tell you right now, three movies you want to watch. One, Food Inc. You can catch it on Netflix. Two, Genetic roulette. It shows you what they did to the food. And the other one, which is also on Netflix, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And uh, that's going to inspire you to believe that anything's possible. Yeah, I I watched that. That was uh, great. Actually, one of the questions I wrote down for you was like, how did you come up with the idea to do a documentary on Jake? 
Um, actually, one of my business partners, uh, he mentioned it. And we've been filming stuff forever. We film everything. And, you know, when I told him that, I, you know, I talked to Jake. His name's Steve Yu. He was the director of Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Um, I, I told him I talked to Jake, and he goes, Jake the Snake? I'm like, yeah, he goes, you know him? I go, dude, he was my mentor. Him and Dusty Rhodes. Those were my two mentors. And, uh, you know, he's really hit on bad times. You know, he was addicted to booze and pills and coke and crack. Like, you know, you name it. And, uh, you know, he said, you know, you're moving from L.A. back to Atlanta. Why don't you move him in with you? And if we get to the positive environment, and that's another thing I talk about in your life. Like, the people you hang out most with, the five people you're going to become, the five people you hang out most with. If you're around negative people, guess what? Your life's going to be negative. You hang around around positive people who believe anything's possible, well, your whole life will change. And that's where we brought Jake into this environment. And we, you know, never knowing that it's ever going to be a film, because it's, 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 we're dealing with, you know, with addiction. So you don't know if Jake's ever really going to get it, like we hope he's going to get it. But I had named this, it's like you got to set a goal. My goal was that this would be the resurrection of Jake the Snake. That's what the goal was before day one, before he ever got to my house in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, so that was the goal. And, you know, <laughs> you know the, the biggest picture was that Jake one day would be inducted in WWE Hall of Fame. And I know that sounds like, well, of course, Jake the Snake Roberts is going to go in the Hall of Fame. Well, not really, because Jake, he didn't just burn bridges. He nuclear destroyed them. Like, he had buried himself so many times with the company. It's kind of like the NFL. Terrell Owens is without question a Hall of Famer. In the NFL, would you agree? I agree. Yeah, but he probably will never get in yeah. because of his actions. Yeah. You know, he embarrassed the league numerous times. Well, today, you know, he's all repented, and he want you know he wants to go in. He'd be truly honored, but he should have been thinking about that when he was putting a Hall of Famer on his back when he was playing in a game. He's wearing a yellow cape. That says Hall of Famer. Like, that pissed the NFL off. Yeah, I think it pissed off yeah, a lot of people. So yeah. <laughs> he pissed off a lot of people. Now, I love Terrell Owens, personally. And I'm the kind of guy that forgives very easily. You know, a lot of other people aren't like that, though. You know, so Jake, the odds of him going in the, NFL, uh, in the WWE Hall of Fame were slim and none, zero, nada, never going to happen. But because of the change he made, because Jake finally took a hold of it and started to really own his life, he started to make gains, and, and, and the WWE noticed that he was really working hard. He was putting the work in. He was changing. It, Jake's, Jake's um, story he told himself was, 
my history does not have to be my destiny. Yep. Like you can change it in an instant. And once Jake got that, things started to change. And the movie ends. You know, if you haven't seen the resurrection of Jake the Snake, you got to go on Netflix and watch mm-hmm. it. It will inspire you to believe that anything is possible. Yep. And then he had one of the biggest pops uh, that night he showed up on Raw with the snake. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we show that. Yeah. We show that because that was a that was a huge that was the WWE giving back because yeah. he had been on that show in sixteen years. I think the last time he wrestled was uh, the King of the Ring, right? Yeah. And who did he give the juggernaut push to from that? To Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Correct. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. Oh yeah. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Brian Padone here, founder of Quiet Punch. When I'm not listening to the Man Cave Chronicles, you can catch me filming one of my live workouts on quietpunch.com. Check it out today. That's quietpunch.com. This is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. And we're Nerds with Words, and you are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Um, so, uh, you have other people that, uh, use the program as well. I mean, obviously everybody knows about Scott Hall, but, uh, you also have people like, you know, like Chris Jericho and Mick Foley that have done the DDP yoga. Yeah. That's what, what Chris Jericho put it on the map for me. Actually, the disabled veteran, Arthur Borman, you know, the guy yep. that I literally helped, you know, not just, you know, walk again, but run, you know, he lost 140 pounds, more importantly, he lost the knee braces, <clears throat> the back brace, and the wraparound canes that he was wearing for, you know, 15 years. He not only was able to walk, but was able to run. Uh, that guy is the video I sent. I sent that video to Chris Jericho. Chris saw it, and he said, D, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And he was told the same thing I was. You know, when I blew my back out, I was told by three different spine specialists that my career was over. He was told the same thing. And then he did DDP yoga. And three months later, he was headlining WrestleMania against CM Punk. And that was six years ago. Jericho told everyone about it. Everyone. And long story short, he's 47. He just signed, you know, he just, he goes back and he just worked WrestleMania. You know, he's, whenever he wants to go to WWE, he can. Then he takes off and goes and, and tours his band, Fozzie. He just signed a six-figure deal to do one match in Japan against Kenny Omega. And it's going to be a huge Kenny match. Omega, oh, my God. I can't imagine the how high impact that that match is going to be. Because oh, yeah. Kenny Omega is like like a lot of people in you know in the in <clears throat> who are wrestling fans don't know who he is if they just watch WWE. But if you have any clue outside of the WWE universe and you know anything about. <clears throat> any of the guys out there in the independent world, 
Now, Japan, Kenny Omega would be at the top of the list in world-class athlete. Yeah. He's he's the right he's like the rock pretty much of Japan right now. Yeah, he's a god. And you know, he's like thirty seven, which is still young in our business, you know, if you if you stay in condition. Um and Jericho's forty seven. But between the two of them you'll think they're both twenty seven. Yeah. You know, the way they move and Chris turned so many people onto it. And it gave it legitimacy. You know, AJ Styles, yep. Sami Zayn, um, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Goldust, uh, you know, uh, Zack Ryder. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I got like 40 guys in the company doing it. And uh, now it's starting to branch out into other areas as well. I've got college football teams. And again, I, the thing that's the most amazing, I just developed it, and I'm branding everything. DDPY, mainly so people stop calling it yoga because any yogi who's ever to walk into one of my classes at the DDP Yoga Performance Center, and it, well, it's called Smyrna, Georgia. It's where Julia Roberts was born, but it's a suburb in Atlanta. Um, if anybody was to walk in there to yogi, they'd go like, what is this? This isn't yoga. Like, you're right. It's DDP yoga. I developed a form of yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga yeah. because I was that guy and I make it fun. You know, if you were to look at my, what my, my app, my DDP yoga now app, which if you go to iTunes or Google play, you can try it for seven days and see, you know, see what you think. And the bottom line is, is that, you know, when you do it, you go, wow, this is not what I thought it was. Because I took all the yoga-tude out of it. You know, I took all the spiritual mumbo-jumbo out. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I get it, but it's completely different than what I do. So, you know, long story short, I've got so many top athletes doing it, but we just developed DDPY, Rebuild. Now people say, well, I I can't work out. I can't get out of bed. Okay, I got three workouts for you. Let's start in bed. And then when you can get out of bed, get in the chair. I got five more workouts where you don't even get out of the chair. And then I get you to use the chair for balance, to build strength. So hopefully you don't need the chair anymore. But if you do, you can still use it in all my workouts. So, you know, to me, it's like anyone at any level can do it. You just got to be willing to put the work in. And now you have a new program for uh, people that are over the age of 55. Is that the one you were just talking about? Yeah, that was it. And more, it's more for baby boomers meets limited mobility. So, you know, if, if, like I say, if someone can't get out of bed, I got workouts for you. If you can't get out of the chair, I got workouts for you that are going to help you get out of the chair. Now, obviously if you're a paraplegic, that's not going to happen. But most people are either too overweight or their body's too beat up. So that's why they get in these electric chairs that so they can go shopping or walk, go around, go drive around the mall. The reality is nobody wants to be in one of those things. No. I hope you get out of them. Oh, yeah. Now, um, tell the listeners a little bit about like, you, I know you have a performance center and you have certified instructors also now. Yeah, right. That's in Smyrna, Georgia. 
Um, and it, it's, you know, the Braves, the Atlanta Braves just built a brand new stadium and we're literally right down the street. You know, if you, if you, if you got a DDP Yoga Performance Center, make a left 2.3 miles, you're, you're in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's in that area of Atlanta and, uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. We have morning classes, night classes, every single person's first class is always free. Because I want people to walk in and try it and not have to have anything to lose but time. And, uh, you know, they, they come in and so many people who try it, you know, they sign up for, you know, five classes or 10 or 20 or a monthly thing. And it just helps them, you know, some people want to be around people. But <clears throat> if you can't make it, you've always got my, my DDP Yoga Now app, which is the most all-inclusive app ever. Now, you use the DVDs, right? Yeah. This time coming back, and I'll set you up on it when we get you know, off the air. But this time I want you to use the app. And you're going to see that this is like the DVDs on steroids. Okay, It's crazy. Because it's not just over 100 workouts. There's over 100 recipes. Not that I tell you how to do and give you directions how to do. I give you that. But I also do a cooking show it might be with my wife my kids you know maybe uh, uh one of my favorite chefs in town uh, maybe someone who lost a lot of weight and these are some of the recipes they used but to me they're all gmo free they're all taste amazing because if it doesn't taste good i don't care how healthy it is i'm not eating it yeah. if it don't taste good <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna see uh you know the uh the your program on also like on apple tv as an app or fire tv i was told to ask you that yes yeah fire, fire tv is something we're, we're we're working out you know because it's all about working out the bugs first yeah. you know like we're in the process of building it for that you know it's right now it's on five different devices your iphone the droid the tablet the ipad and your computer but the next spot that we are building right now, I was just talking to one of my uh, one of my uh, app testers, and he was showing me how he's using the Fire Stick, you know, which I loved. Because yeah. You know, yeah, I watch network TV, but very little. I mainly watch Netflix or now Fire TV because I get Netflix and Amazon. Yeah. You know, and pretty much everything else you want, and these big cable companies. You know, they got to worry about that because at some point, you know, it, it, they're making it almost obsolete, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Have a question for the Man Cave Chronicles? Tweet them now at the MCC Podcast. Hey, this is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. Come check out our podcast, Nerds of Words. Adam and I talk about pop culture, comedy, comic books, movies, conspiracies, we're both comedians, and we might make you laugh. Every week, we welcome a guest from the entire spectrum of pop culture and science and comedy. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdsWithWords1. Hey, this is Jeremy Falco from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to The Man Cave Chronicles. Um, so now I know that uh, you're going to be also be a, a recurring role on the sci-fi superstition. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, that is so... 
that I had so much fun filming uh, the. I had a couple episodes that I was supposed to be in four episodes total uh, for this season of uh, of Superstition, but I couldn't do two of them because of my schedule. So I thought they were just going to write me out and get give someone else the spot, you know. But they didn't uh, because they really wanted to work with me. And uh, this um, this Thursday, matter of fact, uh, you know, we're right we're at the beginning of the new year, and I think it's what day is Thursday? I think it's the fourth. I'm yeah, not sure. January fourth. Yeah. Yeah, January fourth uh, on uh, Thursday night at eleven o'clock. Uh, superstition, and you know, you can go and go on demand and catch up and catch some of the episodes, but it's it sort of stands alone. You don't really need to have watched from the beginning to understand superstition. It's about the Hastings family and Mario Van Peebles, you know, who is a, you know, a legend in, in, in the acting world. It's his family. And, uh, he, uh, they are, um, morticians, you know, who, uh, you know, take care of people once they die. But the real underlining story is, they're, they're the purveyors to the underworld and what they call the infernals and, you know, the spirits that come, you know, you know, through the, through the, the dark doorway, so to speak. And, uh, I just happen to be living in this town of, of La Rochelle, you know, my whole life. So I've seen some pretty crazy shit and, uh, <laughs> you know, I end up going to Mario's, uh, son, who's played play, played by Brad James, he plays Calvin, and this kid, this man, I tell you, what a great actor he is. There's so much great, you know. There's so many amazing actors on this show, but my main work works with uh, with Brad, who plays the part of Calvin, and we just had such a chemistry together, and. Uh, I guess we sort of start the beginning of the episode because I remember Brad saying the director. So what's our relationship? Because I've only been in one other scene with him prior to this. And uh, he said, well, you know, Dallas, he owns the bar. My character's name is Travis. And you guys, you know, maybe you watch the game together. You catch a drink together. You know, you will have a beer together talking about the game. You're sort of like drinking buddies, you know, occasional drinking buddies. By the end of the show, you know, Travis has burnt some bridges with some of his family members, <laughs> and uh, I'm like the only friend he has. And you can really see our chemistry together. It's special. It's uh, We had a really good time. We have a really good time hanging out with each other. And uh, the writing is really, really, really good. And uh, I was excited to you know, have an opportunity to be on the show. Yeah. And... It's the most diverse group of people from, from you know, ethnicities to, um, to ages. I mean, like, it, they're doing something that's no one's re- that's really doing on, on, let's say, television, you know, rapping. You know, we're going to be on Netflix as well. <clears throat> as soon as this series is complete, I think there's two, more, two or three more episodes total. <clears throat> and then it goes right to Netflix. So, I mean, there's so much diversity on this on this set, 
And it was, oh man, it was so amazing. It was so cool, you know, to, to have been there and gotten to work, you know, with, you know, a couple different directors and uh, the writers were, uh, you know, they, they um, a guy who I'd worked with before, Barry Gordon, who's the executive producer, you know, he sent me the script. He's like, dude, you're living in Atlanta, right? I'm like, yeah, he goes, we wrote a spot for you. Joel, who's the head writer, had written something really cool for you, and uh, I think you're really going to love it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch it all unfold, um, you know, uh, coming Thursday night. And then uh, later on, uh, you're talking about probably in about three or four months, you're going to see me again on Netflix because I got a show called Gods and Secrets that's going to be coming out there, which, again, going to be pretty cool. So, you know, I, again, I always am trying, always constantly trying to get people to understand that it's never too late. It's never too late to start going after a dream. May you not hit the hit, hit it exactly the way you want it, like I said earlier, maybe a little to the left, a little to the right, yeah. or a little under it. You know, but if you keep working towards it and you believe in yourself, you know, like never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you. You know, and that's one of the reasons I do all the things that I do. You know, I love acting. I love having my foot in it. But I've been working on it for 20 years, and now things are just starting to happen for me. Yeah. And there's nothing you wrong know, with and no, nothing wrong by starting stuff late in uh, in your age too. Absolutely, I I talk to guys all times that because anyone can have a podcast now. Now a successful podcast takes a lot of work. Yeah, you know, and you got to put put the time into it. But anyone can do that. You look at like people who want to be singers. There's so many singing shows out there. You know, like again, you look at Justin Bieber, one of the biggest stars in the world. He he got seen on YouTube. Yeah, you know, it's like there there's so many vehicles today to help people go after their dream. And 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 the harder you work, the 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 more opportunity that will become available. You know. Oh yeah. When I when I first started this podcast, it was more of a passion and everything. And then I started getting emails for people to come on, and you know that's how I got you on. You know, like it was just a random email one day, and it worked out. Right, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's how it does. You know, I'm always telling people never, you know, never ask people like like you'd be surprised how many people will mentor different people. You know, because people like to help other people. The people who are really successful, they get it. I would say most of them who are really successful, uh, you know, they help a lot of other people because that just, you know, it, it builds their their quan. It builds their 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 karma. You know, for me personally, I'm always telling people who are you know are depressed or down, or and there's there's a lot of people, a lot of depression out there today. I always tell them, help somebody. You want to help yourself? Help somebody else. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, help someone. Because when you help them, that person's going to be so grateful. And then they're going to express that to you, which is going to make you feel really good about you. Yeah. You know, it's another way of owning it, you know? Yeah. I agree. All right. So uh, we're going to end the episode real quick. I just have uh, two Twitter questions that came in. Sure. For, uh, and one of them was, um, how was it 
wrestling a bash, bash bash at the beach with uh Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman. Man, that was surreal. Because, you know, I, I've been in the limelight for a while, you know, by that time. And, you know, headline main events with Savage and you know, three different main events with Savage and I, I headlined a lot of other, you know, nitros and uh and thunders by that time. But when I did that thing with Malone and we shot the angle on the tonight show, actually, um, uh, Jay Leno had, uh, they just won the, just won the, uh, the world championships. The bulls had Rodman on and Rodman brought Hogan and me and Malone came through from the wings off stage, stage left. And threw down the chairs, threw up the diamond cutter signs, and just shot the angle right there on a Tonight Show. Yeah. The next day, that was, man, that was press conferences like I'd never seen. You know, I'd seen press conferences before and been a part of them. But there was like a hundred plus cameras. And I'm talking about shooting film. Then there was another hundred or so just cameras, looking pictures, people asking questions. I mean, it was, it, we shot it. I want to say the, uh, I think we shot it at uh, Planet Hollywood. It was a madhouse. You know, when Rodman got involved in professional wrestling a year before, it got a lot of attention. But when Malone, and a lot of people are like, who's Carl Malone? <laughs> Carl Malone, if you know anything about basketball, oh, yeah was one of the great, greatest, you know, definitely first team, second team, all, all time, you know, uh, all time, uh, you know, players. He is the second leading scorer of all time in the NBA, right behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. And if he didn't get hurt on that last game that he had in LA, he he might have beat he might have beat Jabbar. Oh, yeah. You know, he might have played into his forties. Who knows? It was pretty amazing, and I I still stay in touch with him. Great guy, good good people. Actually, this made me just think about how you uh, you also had Leno step in the ring too. At Sturgis, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and, and but again, it was mainstream yeah. television. Hogan and Bischoff showed up on the Tonight Show, and and they ran Jay off his own set. And Bischoff went behind his, you know, his desk, and Hogan was like in the, in yeah. the number one seat, Ed McMahon seat, and they were talking trash. And I came in from the wings and knocked Hogan on his ass. The cops took him away, and <laughs> me and Jay Leno set the match, which is ridiculous, but so much fun. Yeah, because Jay's an was and is and was a amazing entertainer. Was he a wrestler? Nah, yeah. no. But did we do our best to make him look the best? We did. Yeah. And the the last question that I have on here is, um, who who do you think does the best uh, diamond cutter move these days, or a variation of it? Uh, definitely, definitely Randy Orton. Yeah. You know, uh, he he's done some words that I'd be like, damn, bro. You know, <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Him and Zig Ziglar. A lot of things where people are flying through the air and he catches them. You know, it's all about the out-of-nowhere surprise that I created, you know, with the diamond cutter. 
that Randy, when he uses that, is spectacular. But he, he, he went to pick Zig Ziglar up for a power bomb, and right when Zig is you know, basically sitting on his shoulders, he pushed him and threw him out. Now, Zig Ziglar is just as important as Randy here, that he could even control his body like that was unbelievable, and they pancaked out. It was a spectacular RKO slash diamond cutter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, how can the listeners – Let list- me leave you with this. You, know, perfect. you were just going to say it. Say what you were going to say. <laughs> I-, I was just going to say, um, how can the listeners find you? Yeah, well, I always tell people, don't listen to a word I have to say about DDP yoga. Listen to what the people say. I'm on Twitter all the time at real DDP at DDP yoga. And, you know, read what the people say, go on Facebook. If you're a Facebook person and look for DDP yoga and you can go on my site, you know, on my Facebook site and read all the things people say, or go where it says members only. There's one that has like 20 some thousand people on there. Read what people say. Yeah. You can't, it's like you can't make people chant Rocky or Austin, you know, or DDP or, well, you can't make them cheer that. They got to feel that. They got to be moved. It's the same thing on the internet. You can't make people write that. Could you get a, you know, you know five or 10 or 15 people to write something? Sure. Can you get thousands of people to write stuff? No. Yeah. But they got to be moved. And that's what DDP Yoga is all about. Go to ddpyoga.com. Whether you want the DVDs or the app, because that's where you're going to get the best deals. 20% off on everything. It's our New Year's sale. 20% off on our swag, our, our, our app, and the DVDs. Check them out, ddpyoga.com. Right. I want to thank you for coming out of the podcast. Thank you for making my 20s a fun time. And mostly, thank you for uh, helping me lose weight. Well, now it's time to get you back, bro. All right. So it's been your pleasure.